Hello everyone and welcome to episode 10 of Natural Expansion, the StarCraft 2 podcast with myself, Wardy. Today I'm joined by two guests. We're changing it up. We're going to go full Dutch and we're going to invite Philandros and Optimus. Guys, what's up? Philandros, how are you doing? Hello, hello. What's up, what's up? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm, uh, I just finished casting a couple uh, days of Dutch StarCraft myself and I'm, uh, I'm going to be happy to talk about some of that soon, I guess. Yeah, you actually make a better guess than I realized until just now because <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not even joking. I completely forgot you actually casted like WSG qualifiers and stuff as well, and we're gonna be talking about that. Like, I this completely like baffled me. Like just now, I was like, "Whoa, wait, you're actually relevant rather than that random guy." No, I'm See, I would I would hate on you for that, but I only just realized that as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> we both realized the the quality of the invites as the show starts. I love it. What's up, Optimus? How you doing as well, mate? What's up, what's up? As, as <laughs> Mimi as always. Love her. <laughs> I'm doing fine. You're like, a, you're like a natural expansion pro at this point. It's been a while since you've been on, but you were on like a couple of the video. I was on one of the... Was I on the first? Did you do it? You, you did, the... you, you've done a couple with me, I'm sure. With Lycan. Lycan, Yeah, you, that was like number me, three or something. And Penguin. Awesome. Penguin? Did, did you not do one with Harsom as well? I think he did two in a row. Well, he came on as a guest after, um, really? as well as Fear. Oh, no, no, wait. No, after he did two. Fear and you. Yeah, I did. Oh shit. See, I didn't. That's, even what, get... that's what I'm saying. Natural expansion pro. We changed a bit since then. We used to have like all these fancy webcams and overlays, and now we just now we just talk because you know it's an improvement, I reckon. All right. I think most people listen anyway to just listening rather than. Watching yeah, this. no, I, th this is what I thought. I thought, who actually really needs to watch? And you know what the first, what someone said the first time I did audio only? They said, literally, I'm not even joking, they said, I think it's a waste that you make this a YouTube video, but don't include any video. But, um, but so now, so now we have like a combination of no webcams, but like just like some like screens of like bits and pieces going on. So yeah, it's, it's, it's sorted out. It's figured out. It's good. I like it. Um, it's been a little while since we did an episode. I've been traveling a bit and caught up completely and getting back. I've been quite ill as well, and it's been pretty hectic. Like, it's been, like, three weeks, apparently, which to me doesn't make any sense because, like, it can't possibly have been three weeks ago, but apparently it has been. So, here we are. And today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, kind of regional-based competition, which has been uh, kind of on the tip of people's tongues because WSG 2017 is starting up. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Asian Indoor Martial Arts games and sort of like esports moving further than just being esports and tournaments and going into like Olympics and stuff. Because I casted in Turkmenistan there. I'll talk a bit more about that later. It's it's an interesting one. And also, we've got Optimus here, so we're going to get Optimus to go full Terror and Cry Baby and tell us why no one is playing Bio in TVZ anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I mean, like, literally, my my introduction to to both you guys was we're gonna to say about why Mech is OP right now. Uh, maybe not so much why Mech is OP, but why people are just playing Mech more. Because right. um, we we want to try and bring some more strategy stuff in, and we actually got a player here, so you know we're gonna make we're gonna make use of you while while we've got you. It's not very often right. we get to catch a rare rare Optimus on the stream. Wow! Wow! Hold on! Wow! <laughs> Wow. wow, 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 let's go. It was a very hard catch as well, I mean. I, I mean, I don't know how you caught him. You caught him, like, over the weekend, right? And then you brought him to your <laughs> yeah. house? That's why. No, he won't leave. <laughs> no, he won't leave. Yeah, Optimus is, uh, I put in quotation marks, boot camping at the Mart household, which also features the one and only Uthermal. Mark's there yes. right now, isn't he? We, we also yeah, have he's downstairs. Yeah, yeah. We have an yeah. infamous caster here as well. 
Martosis. Martosis. <laughs> I haven't oh, no. see. I haven't heard this being being born, but I have seen it. The martosis. Yeah. Where did this Mart- start? Oh um, no! Don't. We got. Don't. We got an, we got an email from the SEL, like the info email regarding WSG, yeah. and he put in the email like, "Oh, by the way, the stream will be provided by the one and only Martosis Talandros." <laughs> martosis. <laughs> That's brilliant. Now, since then, we've been calling him Martos. <laughs> I mean, that's really turned into quite a house. I, I, I can't yeah. believe we've never thought of that because it's so obvious. Mart, Artosis, Martosis. It's like a really it, recent thing. It just, yeah, it just sort like of shows why Mart's like a 5k Zerk and you're a Terran, right? Like, you just can't <laughs> actually operate your brains to put two and two together. <laughs> Oh, I know, I know. We're going full on. We're going all in on the TVZ balance already. Um, all right, let's kick this off about things we should actually maybe probably talk about. Uh, we're going to start talking about WESG. So obviously, you guys just uh, kind of came in. It's actually, we can talk about a bit about DSCL as well, because I guess it's sort of the same thing, uh, which also kind of affects you guys, because it's the Dutch StarCraft League. But WESG 2017 is kicking off. Uh, if you guys aren't aware of what this is, it's a massive event. There's so much money involved in WESG. It's sort of a little bit... Um, it's kind of a little bit insane. For some reason, my um, my uh, thing's on the wrong page. Hang on, hang on. I'm going to do some fixing of the, the overlay here. See, this is why we shouldn't have done video. How can this go wrong? This is literally... <laughs> I, how can it be capturing the wrong side of my screen? It doesn't make sense. Ah, <sighs> Okay. Oh, boy. But, no, it's okay. It's fixed. It's fixed. It's, it's simple. Okay, okay. I'm a, I'm a technological master. Something like that. I don't know. So, yeah, um... WSG 2017 is a huge event, $400,000 main prize pool for the main event, uh, and that's led into by a bunch of separate events such as the Asian Pacific Qualifier, the European Qualifier, North and South American Qualifier, and the African Middle East Qualifier, um, which sounds like, you know, okay, it's just a few qualifiers, but those are actually themselves like thirty dollars to $40,000 events, and Below that, there is qualifiers from each region, which build up into those, say, European finals, which is, again, it's weird, it's like the European qualifier. I think they should call it, like, the European finals. Um, but, for example, the European finals is made up of a bunch of qualifiers, which leads into the European finals. And some of those have prize pools, some of them don't. Some of them are just online events. So, for example, the Dutch one was played offline. So, um, yeah. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Well, tell, tell us about it. I mean... Obviously, you guys had the privilege of getting an offline event in in the Netherlands. So why don't we just start with you guys and how your so, uh, event went and what you thought of it? So I want to really oh, quickly lead into how it played out, though, because uh, it was offline. The top eight was played offline, but um, people had to qualify for it. So both the Thermal and um, uh, Harstam, as pretty much the established top two players from the Netherlands, they were invited to the top eight. Then you had two qualifiers, both from an online qualifier, which I also casted, and then four players coming from the Dutch StarCraft League qualifiers. So that was kind of intertwined. The offline event was at a Dutch convention called First Look. It's kind of like a small Gamescom, for those of you who don't know it. And that was just a top eight. Everything, it was a best of three, sorry, best of five, including the finals. Very, very simple. Or so we thought, uh, until we realized there was no internet. Um, no, there was no, there was no internet to upload, so I couldn't stream it for a second, or for a minute. We actually thought we were just going to completely cancel the stream, but apart from that, there was also like a six to seven hundred ping at, wow. at, at, in, in 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 the entire building. So it was completely impossible for players to play. They thought about rescheduling it, doing it at home, blah blah blah. But after three hours, 
of, of time, it uh, it actually worked out, and we started the show at one thirty instead of ten a.m. Um, and then we still played it out, and it was concluded by five p.m. You thermal taking a clean three zero victory over uh, Harsim in the finals, uh, and that's it. So you thermal qualifies for um, for Spain later this year. Yeah, just to, just to add to that, obviously these little qualifiers to the European Finals. The European Finals is like an event of its own, which will take place in Barcelona November 22nd through 26th. So yep. you guys had some issues. It's kind of funny because this is a big event with a lot of money in it. And obviously they're starting to do these things where they're like, last year all the qualifiers more or less were online. This year they're starting to kind of hand them out to kind of people to kind of run themselves and sort of bring a bit more kind of yeah. region-based loving and giving like the offline event sort of feel. Um, obviously, it maybe didn't go so well with the people who were <laughs> running the event for you guys. I mean, what was your take on Optimus? You're obviously a player there. You had a close series 2-3 against Harsom in the semis to lose out, but mm. what was your opinion on it? Would you have rather oh. just been overall an online event or...? No, I think besides the internet issues, I think it was pretty well run. Um, I mean, it's not the the tournament organizer's fault that there were technical issues. I was on the side of the production crew of the event itself. But um, I'll have to say DSCL, as well as the admins, they did a really good job at like trying to um, come up with solutions. And I think it was pretty well run. Uh, as for how I played, I... I think I played pretty poorly. I think most of us were not playing too well. So, yeah, it's sad losing out 2-3. Um, but, yeah, I didn't come there expecting too much. So I can't be too sad about it either. Yeah, conditions were kind of poor, right? Because of that, that really slow start to the day. And then also just the location. It wasn't perfect. Obviously, you never expect it to be at a LAN event. First Look does not have the greatest uh, reputation in the Dutch scene for, for tournaments. Uh, obviously, it's not like a LAN or anything, but from from previous StarCraft events that I have played there, so people weren't expecting too much, and that obviously didn't come true either. It, 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 okay. But still, I mean, I think I I still think the games were playable in the end, right, Vince? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like after like two and a half hours, everything was fixed. But um, yeah. at that point, people were like starting to lose patience, getting tired and stuff. So yeah. not everyone was really on point towards the semi and. All right, so I, I mean, so again, like you, you say it was kind of okay played offline. I mean, it's kind of weird to have all these qualifiers have different things. We have like the majority of these European qualifiers are being played online is just sort of like single elimination events, like best of three and a best of five final. Obviously, you guys had like this whole kind of qualifier system into your offline finals, which also paid out a thousand dollars as well. I mean, I guess that's one of the big differences why and why it's maybe also preferred, I suppose, to have like an offline final, um, because of the idea of maybe being able to get, you know, if they fund like a thousand dollar prize pool, you know, it's something extra to play for. Um, I mean, nowadays, I don't know. I mean, I know in the UK it's pretty dead, but I think even in I think in the Netherlands too, you guys used to have a lot of Starcraft lands, right? And nowadays you don't have anywhere near as many. Yeah, it's a kind so, of a yeah. shame. Seen kind of. Around end of Heart of the Storm, it kind of completely died out the um, the lands, which is a bit of a shame because I think in general the level has definitely gone up and the amount of players have also gone up. I think um, I just feel like it's a bit of a shame, but the local scene doesn't support Starcraft. They kind of meme about it, even the tournament organizers like they're dead game. So 
we don't even really want to go there anymore. At least I personally don't want to go to tournaments that are like Herb Derb Dead game. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm happy with how the Europeans right now. I can't really complain. Though national competition is always very great. And I had a lot of fun meeting the boys. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's why I wanted to just like get out like... You know, is it still something you like going to? Like, do you like the idea mm -hmm. of national competition? I think the thing is, everyone says, yeah, it's, it's kind of a good thing. Do you think it's nice to have WSG as an event? Like, do you think it's some like a cool addition to like the StarCraft scene or, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah? For sure. Yeah, yeah. There are some things that they um, should have done better. Like, for example, the amount of seeds some countries received. Sure. So combination of countries, but so general, I can actually really good answer to why that is. It's basically because WSG is not just a StarCraft two game, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. or tournament. It's also shared with CS:GO, Dota two, and Hearthstone, yeah. and so it's a combination of number of signups from previous years. And I mean, this is the first year they've had like a second year to like a previous year to look at. But they kind of looked at a combination of like how much, you know, how large the player base is in each country for each game how many signups there were from each country in each game and stuff like that. And I think one of the big things is, for example, like uh, Snoot and Serral have to play in the same qualifier this year, which is only going to give one spot. And obviously for some people, they're like, well, that's crazy because, you know, Snoot and Serral are two of the very best in the world. But the problem is, like, it was something like last year, I think the Finnish qualifier had like four signups and the uh, Norwegian qualifier had two. And so they can't justify, just for StarCraft, just leaving them you know, as separate qualifiers, because yeah. even if they've got, like, some of the best players, it's just, like, you know, it's just, like, something they can't really justify. So that's sort of the justification, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's, but... like, it's a bit tough. It's a bit weird. I know what you mean. Like, we have a lot of, like, grouped-up countries as well. Um, I feel as though the, I just casted one of these events today, the Central European Qualifier. I feel this one's, like, really kind of clumped up. Like, Austria, Switzerland, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Hungary, Italy... Is just a few yeah. of them, and like, you know, there might not be like a tip-top Swiss player right now or Austrian player, but I could name like a lot of players from each of these countries that maybe don't have an immediate chance to qualify, but like are pretty good, right? Like, and then oh, you for... compare it to like, for example, like casted yesterday the Southeastern European qualifier, which is Croatia and Greece and Israel and Serbia and Slovenia, and we only had three signups, and it's yeah. kind of like, uh, you know, it is a bit weird, but again, it's because of other games and stuff like that, so. It makes it a bit, a bit strange. But overall, you can generally like the idea of WSG, right? Doing something a bit oh. different, national-based. Yeah, I, I think in general, um, a lot of people always like to root for people from their country because they have some kind of yeah uh, bond with him. Like, hey, he's from my country, so I should support him. That kind of idea. Yeah. Right. Like, if somebody, yeah. if, I I remember when Thais got to the was it the semi-finals or the grand finals of BlizzCon, the Hearthstone. And I just wanted to watch because he was from the Netherlands as well, right? So that kind of the national pride, or uh, yeah, I think that comes into play. For yeah, for sure, and it's healthy and it's it's good for for <clears throat> uh, for for esports in general to play into that because I think it does play a big role, whether people want to admit it or not. Uh, the majority of fans still. Uh, well, yeah, I guess whether they want to admit it or not. Like for example, you, Wardy, if you were purely a viewer, I'm sure you would prefer to watch uh, a Clutter Heiser or a Risky play compared to, uh, for example, Ultimus. If you don't know these players, right? Just based, based sure, on Sure, I mean, if I, go, if I start watching an event, then I want to cheer on the UK guy over yeah. the other guys, unless I have a reason to cheer on the other guys, right? Exactly, it's, yeah. 
It, it it is cool. It's bringing something to StarCraft, which I think is kind of missing. Not not in a mass way. Like we have Nation Wars, which is a cool chance to show on your country and so on. But I do feel as though it's something that's you know it's something unique. It's a really good idea, and right now it's being done. I feel pretty well by WSG. Um, obviously there's some issues with the mana seeds and so on, but the overall scale of this is huge as well. Like the fact where you know we're just talking about loads of qualifiers just for European finals. And then we can talk about, like, for example, Asia-Pacific, for example, China is absolutely insane. China had offline qualifiers for each region of China, basically, and then it qualified into this big event, which was obviously kind of huge as well. And they had something like $8,000 on the line just for this Chinese qualifier. And this is like the Chinese qualifier into the Asian-Pacific qualifier. Like, it really is kind of insane, the size of this. So it's pretty... It's pretty cool. It's kind of complicated to kind of keep up to date with it all because there is different formats here and there and everywhere. But uh, for the most part, it's uh, looking to be pretty awesome, I think. So yeah, yeah. Glad, to, uh, glad to hear you guys like it. Uh, just before we move on into the next topic, I'm just going to say, obviously, yeah, Dutch StarCraft League is coming up as well. You, of course, sort of mentioned Dutch StarCraft League a couple of times there. I believe mm -hmm. they, they worked with... Uh, with the guys to put on WSG, right? Or is that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so with the with the guys that outsource with WSG, who has outsourced it, and in in the Netherlands, they outsourced it to Esports Wall, and Esports Wall has made this deal with with the the DSCL. Okay, I believe that's how it works. All right. So yeah, I mean, let's just talk about DSCL for a moment, then I guess, because obviously that's another event which isn't obviously kind of completely regional based like this, but it does sort of you know, promote regional competition because it's it's not a massive event but it has an offline finals and so you can see like a few people generally traveling from like fairly nearby countries but it doesn't like promote like a lot of players to travel from all over so i mean that's coming up uh, i think the qualifiers just wrapped up and 16 players yep. are set to play in the event uh yeah i mean not, not i don't really want to spend too much time on this there's not much to say actually but just kind of cool to see just starcraft league still going on actually because i know it's been like the third or fourth year of it or something. It actually yeah, it's, it's the fifth year. It started in 2013. It's still going strong. And actually, I think viewership over the years has, has increased. Even though viewership oh, in StarCraft 2, StarCraft 2 hasn't necessarily, right? Like, it has definitely for the DSL. It's still only starting to get more recognition internationally and nationally. We no, see it, players it every year. Has. It 100% has. Like, I remember last year in the offline finals, because I casted it, we had like 2,000 viewers for the offline finals, which is way more yeah. than we've had before. And while and, and it is generally sorry, while it is generally dominated by like Euphermal and Harston, uh, nowadays you still get some pretty close games. Like I think it, it definitely wasn't easy for Euphermal and Harston last year. It's pretty close for those for guys. Sure. So I mean, Optimus I mean, the fight. Apart from that, um, it's it's also the fact that like. I think this year specifically, I think the DSCL has really... It was really confusing at the start with WESG, but now that that's over with, this is it's really interesting. Cause, <clears throat> and for, for those of you guys that are out of the loop, which I don't blame you, but <clears throat> DSCL has two different circuits running to create the eventual DSCL in the end. In, I think it starts the 9th of December is when the playoffs start. But before that, we have now had online qualifiers. Uh, four of them and one last chance qualifier. Um... And all of these players, uh, obviously the top two qualifies, right? But apart from that, we also have a local circuit, which is why I like it so much. And I think every country should have something like this, right? Every country where StarCraft II has, like, good amount of representation, it should. There's a local circuit that is now, actually, uh, I heard from Fra I heard this from Frank um, uh, at WESG this weekend, and he announced it on Twitter, I think, last night. 
but there's going to be a couple of local events, offline events, in before the actual finals of, of um, um, the DSL that are going to give spots to Dutch talent uh, in, the, the, in the Dutch StarCraft League um, main event. So that's really, really cool because that's kind of... Obviously, it allows players like, for example, Gerald, who has qualified, right? Risky, who's actually qualified. Um, it, it allows Dutch talent to also still... Uh, that, that might not be like an Optimus or might not be like a Harstam to still participate and potentially like play in front of a Dutch audience. I think that's really, really cool. And they really, yeah, like they yeah. worked hard to make that happen this year. I mean, I think that's a big thing as well, right? Because this is an event which tries to focus on bringing StarCraft to the Netherlands, but also at the same time, it's a little bit weird because it does promote kind of other players from other regions come into play. And, you know, sometimes, you you know, while you might expect to see a top eight Dutch lineup, it's definitely not the case. Like, there is going to be, I mean, there's only seven Dutch players in the round of 16 right now. Top eight go to the offline finals, plus the four players from the local track. So, yeah, as you mentioned, I think kind of cool. I mean, I guess Optimus is maybe not in that sort of position anymore, but I imagine Optimus like a, a year or two ago, a couple of years ago, I guess, this would be the sort of thing that you'd look at as like a really cool opportunity to kind of like show yourself and like, you know, yeah. get those chances for I've always really liked nationalization. Even now, I, I'm like, I, I still really like it. Um, I mean, the, the over the years, the top level players have kind of moved, like Grubby and Red have moved on. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've kind of slowly started taking their spot, even though I'm nowhere close to it yet. Um, but the DSL is one of those tournaments where it really is your opportunity to shine as a Dutch player especially, right? So I've, yeah. um, I do like it. Alright. Awesome. Well, let's just move on from this, because we are chatting away and filling lots of time, which is great, but we've all got things to... <laughs> I know, to, this is like the one time we've recorded an episode, and I actually have like a time limit, because I have to cast in like less than an hour, so we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna have to move on. Um, I think this is like, that was one of our main topics of the day, though, but uh, moving on, this is kind of still regional base, so a couple of weeks back now, I actually traveled to Turkmenistan of all places, and that's a really crazy story, and I'm going to talk about <laughs> that. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to make a vlog. Like It was such a cool and surreal place, but I don't want to spend too much time here talking about the place and my travels and how surreal and once-in-a-lifetime it was, because it really was crazy. But uh, we traveled there, me, Rapid, and Tenchi were the casters for the StarCraft II at the Asian Indoor Martial Arts Games, which was really awesome because... This is like an Olympic committee organized event. It happens once every four years. It's a big deal. Like, you know, you might, you know, you might not realize, like, I didn't really realize this, but when I got off the airplane, you know, there's only the logo on their money, like on the taxis everywhere in the city of the games. Like, it's a pretty big deal. It's sort of like, I guess, like the Commonwealth Games or something is something I would like relate it to. Just like, it's Asian based, I guess. So I'm not, I'm not very good at describing it. But anyways... So we had uh, eSports at this event for the first time. I think it was actually there four years ago as well. But it was here this time too. And it's a no prize pool event. It's medals only. And we only had eight players. There was some a lot of conflict. And I don't really want to get into the drama. But the idea is that this is, an, you know, this is the sort of the testing grounds for this being, for kind of eSports being introduced to something like the Olympics. Um, and this tournament, for example, now, this Asian Indoor Martial Arts Games, next time around, four years from now, it will actually, it awarded medals this time, but next time the medals will actually count to the final medal counts of each country participating wow. in the games. So 
this is esports that's genuinely getting accepted on like a high scale national sort of sports level. And again, like it's, I, I was reading an article about this that the idea of is this the f way of kind of esports getting into the Olympics because it is starting to become a discussion, especially because of this event. And it was kind of, you know, it's kind of crazy. Um, I'm just going to very quickly, I know I've been told it for a while, but I'm just going to quickly gonna say, like, the event itself was kind of cool. Uh, Ayasoni won, Jigwest second, CRS third. Um, not really much to mention, no real surprises. Nice was a player that showed up that we knew about that didn't do as well as we maybe thought. But other than that, the event itself and the actual games, I would say, were, were cool, were interesting, but nothing special. But what I just want to touch on here for a couple of minutes is the idea of actual, like, esports in the Olympics and just get your guys' views mm. on it because... I mean, there's so many debates on this. I just want to get some general opinions because for me, like, I kind of think it's cool, but then I sort of think, well, is it necessary? Do we need that? And I sort of think, well, yeah, why not? But then it's sort of like, you know, it, it, there's so many things to debate. So I just want to get some general opinions and, mm. you know, if anything glaringly kind of bad or like issues sort of kind of point, you know, come up to you guys as, you know, sort of issues there might be with that. Okay. Um. Well... Um, there has been like a lot of mixed opinions regarding it. Like, right? Do we yeah, want to be an uh, Olympic esports? Do we even need it? To be honest, um, I'm not too sure, because I, over the years, like, the audience that watches esports, it's a definitely a different audience than one that watches traditional Olympics, right? I think that's pretty fair mm -hmm. to say in general. I I, I suppose, but I mm, I suppose there's some overlap though. Yeah, I think there's a there's lot that, of overlap. I I guess. I think so. I, I think people who watch esports are still fairly likely to watch regular sports and be interested in like football and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's that's... people who maybe watch traditional sports right now are not as likely to go and watch esports. Like, if you're an esports fan, you're very likely to also be a traditional sports fan. But if you claim yourself to be a traditional sports fan, you're not as likely to be an esports fan. As yeah. As that, the that's the point where I was getting at. Um, like, it's very, it's very interesting because I think it's very simple to recognize traditional sports and be like okay i know what's going on i, right. I know the basic rules of the sport right mm -hmm. um whereas in esports like you've it's so, it's so big there's like so many different genres of games that it almost is a, it's every game is its own very own esport almost um right like and i think a that's MOBA an issue is completely that different to an rts for example sure. and that is completely yeah. different to and Rocket which games League, should they even? Which games should they even have? Yeah, you know as well. Exactly. Yeah, and it's like, it's tough because the thing is too like, it's sort of like whichever game they bring in, like it has to last a while, right? Like it has to be. Mm -hmm. So the, there has to be there's those, for there's it, those there sort of to issues too. Yeah, it's um, it it is a weird question, but I I know what you mean. Like, the the one thing I would say is that I wouldn't necessarily say it's a terribly bad thing, like not being able to know what's going on. It's like. You know, obviously a lot of the big traditional sports people know the rules of, right? But mm. the the bigger ones are there for a reason. They are biggest for a reason. But there is some things in the uh, Olympics where, you know, you don't really know the rules. Like I'd say, like volleyball, for example, is something where a lot of people, you know, for example, from the yeah, UK, I think sure. a lot of people watch, watch it and they sort of know and can sort of tell what's happening, but they don't know the specific rules or exactly. Yeah, I, I guess in general with esports, that's kind of the same, though. There's always the outlier games, like, for example, StarCraft. I mean, sure. you don't really know what these craps are. Are they drones? Are they ultra? Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I mean, then you're getting into pretty that's vague. A, that's a completely new thing as well. Like, I was uh, 
we were cast on Legion in Dome Martial Arts games. We had to kind of direct our broadcast at being sort of, you know, introductory to newer people who might be watching this as a idea, getting an idea of what these games are to put into these events. And it was very, you know, it was a very kind of basic introductory cast, sort of saying, well, the idea of this is that. And again, I think if you have the right commentary sort of technique on it, it can help a lot as well. Uh, Again, I don't want to spend too long on this because it's such a general, it was such a huge topic, and we might do a separate show on it altogether somewhere down the road. I just thought it linked in nicely to the idea of national competition and talking about WSG. Uh, yeah. Mark, do you got any opinions? There's, there's so much to talk about, right? You can, you can split this into so many arguments. I think the biggest problem will be the backlash from the hardcore Olympic fans. Right. <laughs> yeah. Also, the the yeah, the quotation ego of the. Esports fans, like, why do we want to be associated? Well, yeah, 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 just yeah, from both it, sides in general. But like, uh, yeah. so, so this will automatically go back to, um, but esports isn't a real sports because it's not an not an athletic thing. And yeah, sure, by the standard definition of sports, this has been an argument that's been like this, this has been trampled to death. But whether that's true or not, like definitions do evolve, right? So, does the Olympic Committee want to work? On that, like, do, do the Olympics want to want to be really progressive in that in that sense, or is that maybe too early for that? That's really the question that you want to ask. And are they ready to have their? I guess I don't want to really want to kind of a community because everyone in the world knows about and and watches at some point the Olympics, right? But do they want to really divide their viewer base like that? It's not like it's going to completely disrupt the Olympics or anything, but it is going to. It, it, it's pretty significant, right? So it's a big uh, step to make. I don't know. I just think it'd be something else going on. I don't think people are not going to watch the Olympics because there's esports on, right? If anything, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. If anything, it's just going to draw more people to both esports and even some of the esports people that don't, you know, again, I think esports has a lot more to gain from going to the Olympics than the Olympics has to gain for sure. at an esports, yeah. right? But, no, but think... it's it's uh, maybe maybe I think like chess isn't an I, I'm not exact 100 sure on the technicalities of it. But chess is like I think the Olymp Olympic Committee does recognize it as a sport, but it's obviously not represented at the it, Olympics, yes. right? Yes, I think esports could kind of fit that as well. So this is sort of the same thing at the Asian Indoor Martial Arts Games. They actually have like chess. They actually have like a bunch of things that aren't in the Olympics. So yeah, it is interesting, but. Again, it, it's it's crazy. Cool to get just a couple of your thoughts on it because, again, don't want to spend too long. Like we said, it could, yeah, for it sure. could go on forever. But uh, it is something that's happening. It is something that's kind of becoming a thing. And, again, maybe we have a show further down the line. I actually was going to maybe talk to Rapid and get him to come on and sort of, you know, just us together sort of have a thing about uh, the Asian indoor martial arts games and just sort of where, you know. Because I think actually I haven't been to an event like this and talked to some people who were like, why are you here? It was kind of like quite insightful, so maybe I think Rapid had some similar conversations. So we might do a show on that again in the future. Again, I just thought this kind of tied in nicely with the idea of national competition because the thing I want to say as well is, well, why can't we just you know have WSG be kind of like our Olympics? You know, you know maybe that's the way WSG is beginning to head. Like, do we really I mean, need? To I be think part they're of kind else? of taking that approach. I would like the national competitions. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that yeah, I, I really like WSG's format, and I'm, I mean, a lot of people are either pro or not pro Olympics, I guess, in the esports scene. Uh, personally, I don't, I'm not too sure. It, there's both upsides and downsides, of course. So yeah, I don't know. I think we could talk about this for like an hour at least, um, but I'm not too sure. No, I uh, I agree as well. It's it's a tough one. So. We'll just call it there for that. Um, 
what we are going to do is just to wrap this show up because we don't want to go on too much longer. We already mm -hmm. going half an hour, guys. Crazy. Um, but we are going to move on to the last little topic that I decided to add in as uh, Optimus joins us today, which is that we have been seeing a lot of, um, you know, a lot of mech starting to transpire in TVZ over the past month or so. And mm. Bio has definitely taken a step back to the point where it's not really just a, oh, I saw someone playing mech sort of thing anymore. Like, you know, like, it's not sort of one of those things where someone played mech and it worked and there was a bit of a frenzy and then, it, you know, people got over it. It's really becoming a thing again. So mm -hmm. I just want to kind of pick your mind or maybe, again, we don't have to really spend too long on this. I just want to get a general idea and maybe talk some bits and pieces and see where it goes. But why is mech becoming such a thing in TVZ again? Is it just becoming that good a composition if people figured that out? Have they felt, you know, figured out how to deal with swarm hosts or so? Is that it? Is it because bio just isn't living up to the kind of the you know what it needs to right now we had this uh it's a great day to talk about this because just today obviously a bit jokingly but just today in a limo league uh, innovation typed out of his tvc <laughs> where he played bio oh, yes. against solar yeah with a with a good old zergo pgg so he uh typed he on is human that guys he is He's... human he knows <laughs> you know you know what no. you know what this actually really bothers me because innovation when you see him at an event is actually like when you see him like not playing and stuff, but like talking to people, he's quite obviously got like some personality, you know. He and when you like see him online and stuff and like talking to people, uh, like I do some Google Translate of Korean when they're talking in the lobby waiting for the game to start. Yeah, he's a pretty funny guy. Like he throws some shade, you know. He just doesn't have that sort of, you know, appearance in the foreign scene. Anyways, talk to us about Mac Optimus. Open the oh. salt mines. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think I, I've kind of explained to this on stream because obviously I stream and I play mech and people ask me, well, why do you play mech? Do you not like bio? Um, I think it's a combination of a few things. Um, it started a few months ago where Terence didn't have the best map pool, the current one. Map distance is quite long. Bio has always relied on doing damage early on, or at least to some extent crippling the early Zerg economy. And with the natural way how Terran production works is the longer the distance, the worse it is for the race. So you always want to do some kind of damage. And if the distance is just too long, they will get in too many drone rounds before they have to make units. Um, that in combination with the Queens, as well as Hive Tech being kind of figured out, like the ideal way how to get to Hive Tech, now that Hydras are viable. Um, it's a very difficult time because you have to do damage, but due to the queens and the map distance, it's very difficult to get damage done. And now that Hive Tech is so well uh, thought out, the way they can get to Hive, it's um, it's difficult to even play Bio, to be honest. I think Hive Tech uh, is crazy right now. Like you get up to like, yeah. like you get Lingbane Hydra, which keeps you pretty safe for a good amount of time. Then you hit Ultras, but then you just get Vipers up. So as soon as you get Liberators, yeah. they just get abducted. And the standard like infestation yeah. pit timing is like six minutes in Europe, maybe even earlier. And it, you just by that time your stim just finished, <laughs> and they're already starting the infestation pit. Um, <laughs> you know, like that, that's it's just so difficult and. What Mac? What I found out about Mac, at least, is for me personally, um, I, I know a lot of Zergs kind of struggle with the spellcasters. There are some Zergs like Snoot, for example, that are really good with spellcasters, mm -hmm. and Mac against him is, well, it's probably more difficult than Bio, to be honest. Sure. Um, but in general, Zergs are not really used to using their spellcasters too well because they kind of just they rely on their unit Main numbers. Army. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. The end of your unit numbers, like the overwhelming swarm. And against mech, you cannot really swarm mech. You have to take a really good fight. And if you're on even army supply, mech will usually win. Um, and it forces Zerg to really put in effort. And that in combination with bio kind of falling off, getting figured out. It's um, Mech has been a bit of a resurgence, is that the right word for yeah, it? Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's it's shown a bit, but it's also shown weakness for me personally. I'm not too big of a fan of it at the moment, but it seems to be the main go-to style right now. Do you so think, think TVZ that... in general is just becoming a bit difficult? Do you think there's just need some tweaks mm. to sort of fix the balance just slightly? Or do you think it's just something Terrans are going to figure out how to start doing damage again? And like get into a stage of the game where they can feel comfortable playing against the later zone. Mm, I'm not too sure. I think the longer this goes on, the worse it's going to get for Terran. Because Terran has always kind of relied on a few new builds. Like when Heli and Benji came out, it completely dominated Zerks. When the Stimrod came out, Zerks were losing to it. Sure. When Reapers came out, they lost it, right? Like they kind of need their own little gimmick to get ahead of the meta. And at the moment, everything is so well figured out. Like even the Speed Benji, something completely crazy. Got figured out yeah. in like one series how to hold it. So, yeah. Uh, I think it's just mainly the Queens, the Map Pool, and Hive Tech that pretty much forces Terran to play mech at the moment. You think that um, the Map Pool changes up a bit for next season? We'll see Bio come back into play again? Uh, I'm not sure if it will completely come back into play, but I think um, in general, maps like Acolyte really are terrible for Bio. I'll, I mean, of course. I mean, but that's like meant to be the macro map of the series, of the yeah. map pool, right? I guess the yeah. the thing is, I think I know what you mean, because right now, the map pool is like, arguably as quotation mark good as it's been in a long time, because the maps all just feel fairly normal. Like, there's mm -hmm. no map that's like super gimmicky, apart from like Catalina. Every map is just sort of like, straight up like, here's your four bases, yeah, like not but... super easy, but... But but that makes them good for Zerg, right? Yeah, that's kind in of general, thing that's there. where Zerg kind of excels. When they sure. get to their four bases, they get to their AD drones. Zerg are happy people. Whereas with Terran, it's like, well, I, <laughs> I kind of need to do some damage here, guys. Can we can we do this, please? <laughs> you know, like it, you, it's been, it, it's been a bit of a joke among pros, but when Zerg is at like 80 drones and Terran at 50 SCVs, you might as well GG out, right? Mm -hmm. But um, it's it's gotten so, especially bad over the recent few months, I think. Really quickly, I don't know if you have played much or seen some test map, but that's obviously going to be coming out after BlizzCon, right? What do you feel about that? Like, is there any significant? Because Zerg is getting pretty big, um, uh, pretty big, big nerfs. I think it was off creep, right? I'm, I'm, I'm. So, so they're getting well, like their their offensive potential. I feel like it's gonna, it's gonna, Zerg is gonna be a little bit more de de defense oriented, even more so than it is now, I guess. But isn't that I just the issue that really? Zerg can like? Yeah. Zerg yeah so I'm wondering if that's gonna, if that's gonna escalate or actually try to fix. I think the it's gonna be an hand. issue because um, I haven't paid too much attention to the changes, but I believe the auto turret is completely gone, right? Yeah, the, the, the Raven oh, is the Raven is completely different, mate. There's like yeah, three, there, there's three no, brand there's new no more auto turret, right? There's no. the repair drone and the weird scramble missile. drone, scramble missile, and some other weird something, something else I can't remember right now. Anyway, um, so what it means is basically right now Terran has two options: either you do some kind of Hellion drop or Hellion harass or Raven harass, cloak Benji. With the new patch, the Ravens are completely 
thrown out. So that's another thing Zerg doesn't have to worry about. They don't have to worry about drop early drops anymore because Stimrop is figured out, Reapers are figured out, Ravens are gonna be gone. They like they're gonna get to more drones even earlier. And I think unless there's some drastic change about the Queen, Mech is only gonna become even more meta than on the current patch. Okay. I mean I mean I think so too, like I, I'm not really up to date with the changes, but if it's like Philandro says and it's one of those situations where it's like the Zerg can can't attack as easily, well, that's not really the issue. Like, the issue is that Zerg mm -hmm. can just survive until they've got such a good army anyways that, you know, a lot of the times nowadays in TBZ, I feel as though the only thing that Terrans stay alive on is the fact that the Zerg do just attack into bad positions, because they're so <laughs> far ahead that they may as well attack into bad positions, because if yeah. they don't, they're just letting the Terran, you know, it's kind of like a silly, way, like, circle of whatever, but... It's, uh, well, okay, so, so, like, another thing that's actually gonna, I guess, affect both Zerg and Terran pretty heavily, then, is, like, the amount of minerals that can be mined, right? They're gonna increase that again. So, kind of, not back to HOTS, but yeah, a little okay. bit closer to I mean, this is, this is, this is probably, I mean, I didn't really want to do, like, a topic on a show okay, on the sure, balance changes, sure. simply because of the fact that they keep changing things every yeah, week, that's and true, that's I true. figured, like, we'd probably do a show when they actually finalize what is gonna go into the game that is like, a, good idea. a month and a half or so, so we'll just leave it there. I was just interested, while Optimus was on, someone who is playing Mech a lot, maybe why he thinks the the mech is making the resurgence, as he says. Making it but happen. Making it happen. Making it happen. All right. Well, we are going to wrap it up there because that's been a pretty solid amount of time. I don't. I didn't actually see when we started, but I'm pretty sure it's been at least 45 minutes, 40-ish minutes. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna call it right here. Um, thank you guys for joining me once again. Now let's start with Vincent, the Optimus. Dude, thank you for joining us. Uh, Please, any shout-outs, any shout-outs, any bits and pieces? I shout-out to my loyal Twitch subs. No, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> shout-out to my team, that Pixels. I, and, yeah, if you if you like my uh, my gameplay or want to see more of me, follow me on Twitch, OptimusSC2, on Twitter, at DPixOptimus. Um, for a shout-out, not really my team. Thank you, my stream, followers, etc., and throwing it over to Martosis. Martosis. Mart Martosis <laughs> Simmering for you, man. Yeah, no, I guess that's my new handle. I, I'm, I'm gonna go with it. it. It seems to catch on, but then again, I guess I might get like <laughs> a letter from, from Martosis that you might not be too happy with that, but we're gonna have to see that at BlizzCon. You're gonna have to give him your ad revenue in. I'm, I'm waiting to see the Martosis ladder account, or uh, like uh, SE2 account at the top of GM. <laughs> Like top, <laughs> top one GMEU. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Get on it. Get on it, Optimus. <laughs> all right. One euro per minute, Mart. Hey, <laughs> mate, mate bit... all the Zergs are in Korea. Now's the opportunity. Hey. A little it's bit of PvP uh... is imbalanced, isn't it? You, you know what's funny? Uh, just very quickly here. Sorry, Mart. But uh, today was the first time in 13 months that there's a Go for SE2 monthly finalist that was not a Zerg. Winner, like the the first time wow. in thirteen months, Zerg didn't win the Go for SCG monthly finals, and you know why it is? Because all the all Zergs are in Korea. Like literally, <laughs> none of the Zergs played in Go for SCG this month, and that's the only reason there's been a non-Zerg wow. victor. All right, Mart, your shoutouts. Yeah, a little bit of a quick announcement. Um, I have recently gotten the knowledge that I will actually be joining Wardy at BlizzCon to help him produce some content. So that's going to be great because we are a phenomenal duo. I think. <laughs> 
already. My, yeah, no, I but... mean, sure. My announcement too. I'm also gonna be going to BlizzCon now. Confirmed. What? Whoa! Bamboozle. <laughs> I'm not going to BlizzCon, guys. Hello. <laughs> Whoa, BlizzCon. Why, why are you in here if you're not going to BlizzCon? This is a <laughs> no, BlizzCon. I'll see you. But apart from that. Uh, apart from that, follow me on Twitter at Blunders if you want, or Mortosis by if the time this goes live, maybe. Um, no, but um, I, I'm also looking to do a pre or post BlizzCon. I'm not exactly sure on the timing. Got to figure it out with the guests. But something about a recap about the entirety of 2017 in terms of WCS. But that's going to be in the future, so you guys can look forward to that if you do so desire. And uh, that's it for me, I think. Yeah, and just to, just to add to that, we're also going to be doing the next episodes of this show are going to be dedicated to BlizzCon, so we're going to be doing a build-up to BlizzCon. Um, I think we're going to do three episodes, which cover kind of a different topic each week. Uh, so watch out for that, starting next week, our first episode coming through. So that'll be our build-up to BlizzCon series here on Natural Expansion. Obviously, if you guys enjoyed, don't forget to hit that like button, or subscribe button, or follow button. Depends where you're watching, honestly. Um, we're going to be, again, trying to do these as regular as we can. Like, we're trying for once a week, but sometimes things get a bit crazy, like, the last three weeks. So, we're trying to do it as often as we can. And uh, if you've got any ideas, feedback, or whatever, please do share. Obviously, you can keep up to date with all the Wardy TV stuff on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook at Wardy TV. And on Twitch at Wardy with multiple eyes. That's still never going to never gonna work on the shout-outs. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up. Though. Thanks for watching Natural Expansion. Thanks to my guests again. And we will be back next week with even more StarCraft 2 talk and all the rest of it. Have a good one, and we'll see you guys next time.